Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. Anna's like How's it going? locking up for me. Yeah. What? Same. same. Really? You need to you need to tell your company to get better Wi-Fi. It's San Francisco. Is that it's that cursed San Francisco Wi-Fi? I'm back. Sorry. Switch networks. Is that better? Oh yeah. Seems like it's better. Yeah. A lot better. Okay. Oh, the Wi-Fi is no longer broken. Is that a Cortado? Yes. Mm. They don't call them Cortados in San Francisco. No, they don't. What do they call them? A Gibraltar. Gibraltars. It's the only place in the world they're called that. <laughs> what? I'll point why out. You, why you gotta wait? Did Blue Bottle make that up? I don't think so. I don't know when. <laughs> I mean, San Francisco has decided to be iconoclastic for basically its entirety of being a city. But I don't know when they stopped calling it a Cortado and started calling it a Gibraltar. But the drink is a Cortado. And you will get corrected in certain coffee shops, and they'll be like, "No, no, no, it's not. A, it's, a, it's oh, you mean a Gibraltar?" They just look with that, just which is the right amount of judgment. They look at you and they're like, "Oh, actually, uh, did you mean uh, a Gibraltar?" That doesn't sound like a San Francisco accent, Kathleen. You gonna work on that? What's a San Francisco accent sound like? I have no idea. Anna, <laughs> do, do, do you have to do you have to throw in there like you have to throw in words like funding and crushing it? In Probably. between every other word. <laughs> yeah. So what's new? I can't even listen to Arcade Fire anymore. It's like I don't even know who they are. That was I'm me confused. trying to sound like a hipster. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was very confused. <laughs> me too. I was like, uh, what am I missing in this yeah. conversation? All right. I'm just going to throw it out there because I think it needs to be talked about. The forum. And the fact that they say that they will edit your posts, I think that's wrong. I would much rather them delete my post or hide it completely and tell me that I need to edit it than edit my words ever. That is so messed up. I don't think I've ever been edited or at least not can, been probably you, notified. You need, to, you need to explain more. You need, you oh. need to yeah, explain what's, what's happening here. I, you I just, need to find... You, just got, you went full old man without actually even saying... Well, I guess that is the full old man without actually getting mad at something without explaining why you're mad. Well, I need I need to find the... You have a... Anybody know where the link is? I, I want to read what they... What is stated. Just explain the context for people. <sighs> okay. Do you want me so, to explain the context for people? No, that's, that's all right. You brought I've, it up. Yeah, I've seen multiple times on the forum, the Elixir forum, there has been... Some back and forth between, you know, the moderators and, and a few other people. And there's been discussions of the moderators will make small edits to your posts if they think that they can, if it's not clear enough or if you say something that is against their code of conduct or there, there are quite a few things. Uh, let's see. Recently, there was... Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll edit cursing. They'll edit cursing, yeah. And I don't have a problem with them saying that there's no cursing. I have a problem with editing somebody's post. And it's not just cursing, according to the forum, but other things as well. So when you edit, maybe you don't understand the original intention, and you can change the meaning. Plus, that's their words that you're editing. It makes me not want to participate. Not that I participate a ton in the forums. I read it a lot. But it makes me a little crazy, especially that it's a it's just a judgment call on the forum moderators. Which they need to make judgment calls, but it's a judgment call on their part on whether you are notified of the change or not and things like that. So 
I think that if you are going to edit it, you need to notify them every time and give them their original content and the edited content, or you don't edit it at all. You hide it and then tell them to edit it. Like this is, I don't know. It makes me nuts. It's censorship to, in a bad way. Like I would much rather you censor me by shutting me out. And I think, I think this is an important topic in the community. So that's why I'm bringing it up. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, Keithley? Oh, gosh. Why? We're going to get so many letters. I don't even but, care. Like, this is... I, I, I feel like I need to take a stand error handling. Well, we can, we can talk about <laughs> error handling, too. Wait, Keithley, what right are you now, to shy away from, uh, from something that is... Um, oh. What? Just say it. It's Look, this complicated. is complicated. This is this, just... A, I mean, this is, this is a really... I think this is a really complicated topic. Okay, so like, oh boy. We can put this off and I can invite some no, moderators no. to the show and we can just yell it out. It, no, it's fine. <laughs> I think there, there's a couple things I, that come to mind for me. One, I'm fully in support of the idea that that there should be moderators and that moderators should have liberty to to moderate as they see fit and because that's how you create a good ecosystem like you you create a healthy ecosystem by cutting away stuff like by cutting away parts of the of that community that are toxic to it like it's it's like if you're going to cultivate a garden you don't allow weeds to run rampant because it'll kill the garden so you go in there and you and and even if you're like even if you're not just picking weeds like you you'll go in there and you'll cut branches off or you'll cut you know parts of the the foliage in order for the rest of the plant to grow correctly right like you you do tend to these things so i especially after having tried to run a bunch of local stuff for a long time and just seeing the the pain that that caused both by taking a more hands-off and then more hands-on approach to things you know like i'm i'm a firm believer in like swing a big hammer and like ban people and mute people and give people warnings that have consequences, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because I think that that's how you, it's one, it's how you teach people. It's like, these are the rules, you know, shunning is the age old way of letting people know that they're not welcome (laughs) in a certain context. And that cuts both ways. But I mean, everybody does that. And I, I, that's fair. Like, I believe that banning telling people that they're being inappropriate communicating with people the issues are fine it's the whole we will edit your posts and generally we'll notify you i think that it's it's a little bit i mean i think part of that and i'm curious about the intention behind that i think part of that is just like whenever you're managing any kind of open source or any kind of community it's just a lot of work to and i agree with keithley on this like to keep the community positive and to keep essentially like people that want to have a negative impact on the community out. Well, right. And it's, that's super important to actually being able to grow and support the community. Cause if there was a bunch of crap on the forum or people were being assholes, like no one's, a lot of people are not going to want to participate. Absolutely. And I think the notification part is like, I wonder if the intention is not that they don't, it's just, that's another thing to do. And when you already have so many things to do yeah. to try and manage a thing, it's not that they're like, oh, I don't want to message every single person whose posts I have to edit. It's like, it's there's just a lack of time. I wonder. I don't know. I'm curious if that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I think Amos is. I think Amos. I don't want to. Well, I could let you speak for yourself. Okay. So here's the, here's my problem. I put my words in the forum. You edit it, and then it still says they're my words. Well, those aren't my words. 
and maybe I don't like the way you edit it. And maybe I should be able to have a, a say in the change of it. And if I'm being completely inappropriate or something like that, then then tell me and get rid of it or get rid of me if I'm being a pain in the butt. But let me pick the words that are going to have my name attached to them. That's what drives me nuts. Like that is yeah, that I is think, misrepresenting me. It's a little bit weird. It is a little bit weird. I mean, I, I've said I said all the things about moderation, and I do really, really stand by those. But it's also a sort of a qualifier because I do think it's a little bit weird that your post can just be edited. Yeah, I mean that part is that part is, without you at all. I mean, to Amos's point, and I stand by the things that I said. Also, like there's a difference between easy. moderation it, it, and teaching and editing yes, someone's stuff. Exactly, and changing the and change potentially changing the intent. Yes, and I think the solution it it'd be easier to what Amos said to just be like this needs to be edited, take it down, and notify the person that needs to be edited. Mm-hmm. Right, just mm-hmm. hide it, take it down. And they and can. You, they can hide stuff. And from you what can I even can tell. make suggestions to that person of how it should be edited if you want to. Like if you were going to edit it in yeah. any way, just send it to them, what you're going to say, and say, hey, you should change it. Here's one suggestion. And here's why. Which also allows it's somebody also to change their weird. behavior because they <laughs> like, know why. Like, one of the reasoning, one of the things that was given to me is like, the reason, not given to me, is one of the things I read in the on that post that you're talking about is that I think one of the reasons they'll edit is in order to, like, provide clarity and or, like, when stuff's confusing. And I just kind of think that that's weird. Like... But isn't that... I mean, it would be if it's unclear, then that's a that's a reason to maybe like hide it and ref- ask whoever wrote it to clarify, right? Because it's, or, there's also obviously an assumption around that. Right? Yeah. Like, well, I just uh, I mean, I who? think that's fine to moderate. It's more like it's weird that people feel the need to do that, like to edit it themselves, <laughs> like, and- as though you can kind of create sort of this like perfect world. It's like a perfect world kind of thing, like where oh, if we just spend enough time, we can make everybody's like arguments more intelligible. Well, I think, I wonder, and again, I'm not trying to be difficult. I wonder mm. if the intention behind it is like, we don't want this to get spun out of like a really long thread or and to get misinterpreted and to have a really long conversation and waste time on a thing we don't need to have. So I wonder if the thought, and again, trying to come from a place where like everyone has the best intentions, not always the case, but like if we clarify this, then this will just allow us to have a more constructive conversation. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think that may be the intention, but that's not always how it ends up, right? Like the result is not necessarily correlated or the causation and correlation, right? Like that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's going to happen. And so, I mean, again, it could be prevented by not, if if you feel like something needs to be edited rather than editing it yourself, just hide it and refer to the person who wrote it and be like, this is unclear. And maybe you should, right. And what if you attempt to clarify it, but you clarify it in a way that I didn't originally intend the question or the comment. That's that's kind of what I was getting at, right? Like the intention is there, but the intention may not have the desired effect. Right. If it needed um, to be clarified, then hopefully you picked the correct way to clarify it whenever you edited my post. <laughs> well, and I, this kind of comes back to like, when I was, I read this article like years ago on like a trip to South America in college. They gave us this packet. We we're doing a service trip. And the first article was this thing called To Hell With Good Intentions. <laughs> and like the idea that like good intentions don't really matter. Outcomes matter. Mm-hmm. And so... If you're trying to do a thing that's good, but you actually make it worse, then it doesn't matter that you're trying to do a thing that's good. Mm-hmm. I think so that's like, I think that's our, that seems accurate. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and right? I I do I do not think that the forum moderators have ill intentions at all. Mm-mm. No, I don't either. But it doesn't matter, right? If the outcome is not if the, if the desired outcome is not achieved. Well, and I think the precedent it sets is also uh, a little bit weird. I think that's part of the problem, right? Is 
it opens this door of like, you know, with great power. As mm-hmm. as Uncle Ben said it and uh back then and is 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 as true today as it was then when he said it. <laughs> with great power comes like that responsibility. And if you're if the precedent is like anything you post can be edited, which I guess is fine. Like I mean if everybody knows that that's the social contract going into it, like you're agreeing that that's okay, that you just sort of throw yourself into that, that maelstrom. And then it's a, on you. Like you can walk with your feet, right? Like you can, or not walk. You, of course you can walk. Well, yes, you can, you can, you can I, choose I, I a different forum to participate in, not like a literal forum, but like a, you can choose another venue to participate in here. Let, if you don't me, like the rules. Let me rewrite history. I believe what uncle Ben was trying to say is that if you have a little bit of power, you can say whatever you want. That's just my edit. You know, but no, but I, I think, mean, I get I I, we you don't have to it. prove your point. I get your <laughs> no, point. I think we, we understand we, where we, you're coming from. I, I, I don't I think we're arguing. Weird. I don't think we're arguing with you about like where you're coming from. I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just mad. Like, I'm just mad. <laughs> I don't but like, I don't think it's the thing I, to get tilted over though, either. No, but I think it's a solvable problem. And I don't think, and, and, and yeah, to Keithley's point, like if that's an agreed upon social contract, people can choose to participate or not. There are probably other ways to solve it that will not irk people in the same way. Mostly just taking down posts that don't. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just another. I mean, it's just how they choose to deal with the problem, right? It's work to moderate and keep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like who decides what's unclear, and then then moderating it so you can take it down, and then et cetera, right? So in either case, there's some overhead for the maintainers. Yeah, which speaks to another thing that's like not unrelated, but like, and I was talking to somebody about this yesterday: maintenance of forever projects, and how we're not really good at that as an industry. Mm-hmm. And this is just one more thing that's involved in maintaining a long-running project, right? Moderation, which is a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, the forever projects thing is is really, really difficult. And from the point of view of like of trying to cultivate and moderate stuff, like there's only so much time in the day, and there's only so much energy you have for that. And it's probably not your full-time job. You, right. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, it's just draining. Like you have to have a support network. You have to be able to take breaks. You have to feel like you can walk away from it, which is really hard, especially when it's like a, a community thing, sort of like a goodwill thing, because mm-hmm. it really does feel like if you walk away from it, there's a strong likelihood that it'll sort of die out or it won't continue without your, mm-hmm. without your input. Yes. And that's, tra- that's really, really, really tough, like sort of emotionally to deal with. I agree. And it's hard. I mean, like in general, like now that I have done so- and have some forever projects, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've learned a lot and thinking about how to and being really careful when taking on new things because I don't necessarily want more forever projects and thinking about, well, how would I a maintain this or find somebody else to make? Because it's hard. I mean, it's hard. Again, we talk a lot about like open source software, et cetera, and it's amazing. But forever projects, you don't necessarily realize that the thing that you're doing is going to be a forever project. And mm-hmm. then that takes a certain toll. I, th- I think once you do, one of the one of the ways that I've seen it handled best is whenever you start to build a community around that project. But in order to do that, that's a lot of work because it's more than just having people use it because you could have a ton of users. You could have a million people using your software and nobody or very few people contributing back. And you have to build an excitement around contributing and you have to build a community around it who's even if they're not contributing code, they're contributing other things, documentation, and just excited to give back in some way to the project. And then that, that takes so much work. That's that's mm-hmm. probably more work than than just maintaining it yourself until you burn out. Yes. That's <laughs> the problem, right? Is like one of the problems is like it's actually more almost just as much work to put the things in place 
to find a person or mm -hmm. people that will take over and continue doing the thing than it is to just keep doing the thing until you burn out, yeah. which is not effective, right? No. And getting a company behind it doesn't always help. I've mm -hmm. watched that where a company basically took over maintaining a project because they were really dependent on it. And the original maintainer didn't want to do it anymore. But even the company, like, they run out of steam on it and don't want to mm -hmm. do it. And it becomes focused to doing just what they need it to do and becomes less mm -hmm. general. And then the community around it starts to die off because of that. So even handing it over to a company is not always a, a solution to it. Well, and it's interesting, right? Because as an industry, like, and again, this goes back to, like, maintenance of things, right? It's so often, not often, but not so often, but, like, you know, we, we tend to, the industry tends to move towards the newer, shinier things quickly, right? And then there's adoption and the building and whatever, and then it's on to the next thing, right? And then where does, who does the maintenance of the thing, right? And how do we go about doing it? And I don't know that we have good patterns around that. Or if you all have ideas around good patterns, I'm curious to hear, because I personally struggle with that. Yeah, I don't, I definitely don't. I yeah. I wish I had a solution. <laughs> Make friends. Talk well, them I, into yeah, your awesome idea. <laughs> right? But, like, it's hard. I mean, even with Elixir, which is something I care about and have invested a lot of time into and am continuing to do, it is a forever project, kind of, right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And so, well, how do you maintain that in a way that's reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or like when you started Wallaby, Chris, right? Like a lot of people were using it, right? Like mm -hmm. probably felt like a forever project. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it is a forever project. I mean, in the same, I experienced this sort of like most acutely doing a lot of the, I ran sort of the the developer meetup here in Chattanooga for a long time. And yeah, like I did that for years. It was incredibly draining because it did feel like, because first of all, those people are awful. Like seriously, some of those people were like truly vile, incredibly, incredibly hateful and only cared about sort of tearing everything down. So we dealt with that a lot and we dealt with like having to, you know, figure out the right ways to like moderate all that stuff. And, you know, I think it, it's hard. It's hard to like maintain a level of interest and excitement about doing a thing that you're not getting paid for. That is for the betterment of a bunch of people who ostensibly hate you or like don't like mm -hmm. you. <laughs> and like, act that way to you to the point where like I've, I quit that. Like I, I, I kicked a like we, we kicked a bunch of people out and like we sort of passed leadership over to, to new people and they did other stuff with it and whatever. Uh, and then I've never been back. I've literally never been involved again because those people suck so much. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's those sorts of things, but like that sort of stuff's draining and like, that's in a mm -hmm. worst case scenario, mm -hmm. but even like a good scenario, if you just want to try to like keep something alive, like, putting together a safety net to feel like you can walk away from it and it's not going to consume your life is super hard. I mean, the only time that it's worked for me is when we were running Fox. We, I started a Ruby meetup because the Ruby meetup in San Francisco was terrible with a couple other people. It's called Fog City once a month for three years. And it was three of us. Mm -hmm. And so responsibilities were super divided, which made the work less. And then at the end of three years, we all decided we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, I, and collectively divided like the work to shut it down. And people were upset. We're like, somebody can start a new meetup. It, we're not right. handing this meetup off. It's right. hard to do. I I ran the St. Louis St. Louis Ruby Group for eight years, and and just keeping the number of people showing up is is a job. Like advertising mm -hmm. it enough, 
keeping new people coming in because some people are going to leave. There are a few that were there the whole time, but for the most part, it was a flow through group for a lot of people. And yeah, I don't know. That's that is a hard and thing. Like to the, and that, like the sense of go ahead. no, I was going to say. I guess it's the same thing for a forever project. Even when you build that community, it's not done. Once you've got the community around it, you have to keep that community going or somebody Mm -hmm. does. Somebody has to take that role. Mm -hmm. And the community is so important, right? Like if we were all siloed and we didn't have community in industry, like I think it would be less fun. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important and there's so much, you know, opportunity for friendship and networking and growth, et cetera, et cetera. But it's so much work. Mm -hmm. One of the things that helped me being able to walk away from it was um, somebody kind of told me like, well, what's the worst, like the worst case scenario is that the thing that you're walking away from dies, Mm -hmm. Um, which means that, you know, it makes it feel like all your time and investment and everything you've sunk into it is all going to die with it. But that's sort of not how it actually worked. Like you, what ends up happening in reality is that you have changed, you've like forever changed the landscape. If you've done something sort of like of note, and then if it dies, well, like that creates space for something new to come up. Mm-hmm. Like if you just, if you sort of sustain the old thing forever, even though no one really is like putting passion into it, which is really, really kind of what it takes. That's actually, it's fine. It, Cause if you just sort of like keep it going, but no one is like that interested, then it's just sort of like a worse version of what it could be. But it's also like sort of occupying that space. And if you allow it to go away, then it creates a space for a new thing. And, you know, it helps change the landscape and like move the landscape forward. I agree. I mean, sometimes I think it's hard to come to terms with the thing that, that the thing that you invested so much time into is going to die. Yes. Yeah. But you're right. Like if you're okay with that. Well, I think you have to, you have to grow to become okay with it, which is like, that's really the journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really the hard, that's the hard part. True. I, I, I think what makes it so hard to let go I, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately and because even after I moved to Kansas City, part of me really wanted to stay involved with the St. Louis meetups, even though I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's my desire to give and to give back. And it makes me want to like continue to do it as long as I know people are appreciating it. But but it's at some point and it's never about a return on investment, right? It's really about helping other people. It's definitely not about a return on investment. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Cuz it will never be as much as you put into it no, ever. As the work you put into it. Writing like any kind of yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so I I don't know. I just I think it would almost be easier if I was a taker, you know, somebody who just did stuff only if I thought it was going to benefit me. Because then whenever there was, whenever it looked like it wasn't going to have a return on investment, I could just drop it. Yeah, but building community, I mean, like the greater good that comes from that is not something that you see right away, right? Yeah. Like everybody, I agree with you, but if everybody did that, then the community would not really exist. I am not suggesting people become takers. I think it's a horrible world. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I, I'm not saying okay. you are. I'm just saying like, it's good that people like that exist, like you exist. But it's hard, right? It takes a lot of work that's often invisible because it's not necessarily captured in code or com- whatever, right? Like it's not enough to just build a thing, right? Like building the community around it is a whole nother piece. So what are, what are the invisible pieces of work that even people who are, who may be close in to open source, but not building their own that, or even forums, like what is the invisible work that nobody ever sees? I mean, I think there are a lot of, it depends on what the project is, Right. 
But a lot of it is like, well, I mean, simple things, right? Like keeping the things up to date that are keeping the thing running, right? Like with Elixir Bridge, like writing curriculum is a shit ton of work. And then keeping it up to date is a lot of work. I can't speak to like Chris's projects, right? But like, but also the work of like organizing a thing, right? The logistics behind it, making sure that everyone feels welcome and safe and comfortable. And then emotionally, right? Being on the day, the day when you're doing those actual like in-person things that are like, I mean, there's just a lot of like work that isn't necessarily like seen as far as the content that's being produced, right? And you know this from running a thing, right? All of the time spent putting something together, reaching out to people, making sure that everyone knows what's happening and then putting together something like a code of conduct and then making sure that everyone feels welcome in the space and then training the people that are doing the thing or even with like software that you're putting out there, right? Like people have requests for things and making sure that you're tending to them in a timely, you know, it's like a lot of the work to keep a thing running that isn't the actual output of the thing that people don't see. And even just being there. Yeah. Like on a long enough timeline, the just having every Thursday or every Saturday or mm-hmm. every Wednesday night or whatever it is. For years. For however long, for yeah. indefinitely. <laughs> like that's, I'm not super good at math, but I think any number as the limit goes to infinity reaches infinity and infinity is like a big number. Is it? Yeah, I think so. It's a concept, not a number. I just wanted to edit your post there. Okay. <laughs> But I totally feel the I totally feel your your the underlying sentiment that you have, Amos, which is like, why why am I built this way? Like, why is it me? Why do I have to be the one involved right now? I won't be involved. Mm-hmm. Like, why? You I know, what I mean, but it's like, but the reason to be involved is like the same reason I you know helped work on that meetup for so long, and it's the reason I do open source stuff, and it's the reason that we do this podcast, and it's like. You know, but I do wonder sometimes like, man, life would be so much simpler if it just if I just didn't need to be involved. <laughs> like if, if it wasn't if I could just like let other people do all this or whatever. But then you end up doing a thing because a thing doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm guessing that the intention behind Wallaby was because the thing didn't exist. And you're like, um, we need this thing. Yeah, that was right? that was a big part of it. That was a really big part of it. And uh-huh. did you and so, you needed it at the time too, probably. Or want, wished it was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. That's I and mean, I think that's always part of it. Whether it's an open source thing or if it's community driven, like I want friends. <laughs> like that was the reason we did a meetup. <laughs> it was literally it was like I lived in a new town and I was like I want friends. I don't have any friends. Yeah. No, I mean really, like that was it, right? Like that was the that was the the reason to do a thing. No, I hear you. And I'm still involved in Elixir, not the least of not the least of which is because I have friends here. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to go make new friends. I like I, that, my friends. That's, I think, the other important piece of community that we didn't talk about in building community is that you stay here because of your friends. How many yes. people finish college only because they made friends and joined groups at college, right? How many people do anything? It's more about the community and the people and the friends you make yes. that keep you there. Yeah. I mean, if the community is not welcoming, you're not going to want to keep going, right? You're less likely to make friends and come back. Right. And that's true. And like, I think self communities that have sustained well allow for that and help facilitate that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make, it still does. I mean, like that's, a, I think that's an important piece that helps fuel people's desire to keep coming back to a community. I don't think it lessens any of the stuff around the forever projects being difficult, but I think that that does provide a certain drive to keep doing a thing. Yeah. But don't edit people's posts. That's just weird. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to say this like, is weird. I do want to thank the moderators for the work that they do, and I know that they don't have an easy yeah. job, and that there had to be a decision made in how they were going to moderate. That one just hurts me <laughs> a lot. 
But don't stop cultivating the community. Even if you decide that's the way it is, I just need to go into it knowing that. <laughs> and I didn't reach out to them and talk to them about it, so that might be... <laughs> I mean, people have before. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, all this stuff is hard, right? Like, doing a thing like that is hard, especially when it's an open-source, community-driven effort, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no one's paying you a lot of money to do a thing. Or any money, really. Or any money to do a thing, right? Right. <laughs> Hopefully it works yeah, out. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't have any good answers for it other than, yeah, no, I don't have any good answers. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> it's okay. Facebook's going to solve all of our problems yeah. with its new They have a uh, cryptocurrency system. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. The, uh, the, the, best, the, the called, best take I called. saw was like all the ethics of, the ethics of Uber, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I don't remember the rest. It was so good, though. <laughs> oh, man. Cannot wait. <sighs> Cannot wait. Is, well, and so this is... Yeah, I was going to say, is it a cryptocurrency that carries all of your information along with it in every transaction? Probably, yeah. yes. They want to build a new financial system that doesn't involve banks. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, or yeah. It was uh, the, the... Central banks. The ethics so, you know, of Uber and the centralness of Visa. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. It's great. We've got Super all good. your data. Uh-huh. Having Facebook your personal life wasn't enterprise. enough. Oh, yeah. It's bad. No, like Facebook is a criminal enterprise. I think that's the mm-hmm. show title. Okay, yes. sure. Yeah. <laughs> to pitch that to Netflix. On that point, though, it's interesting because we're talking about community stuff and open source software, and then here we're talking about this like centralized, privatized thing, right? And I think one of the things, one of the, I mean, I'm, I'm among the many issues with something like Facebook's centralized cryptocurrency is like all the people in the world that are not necessarily technologically adept, right, or don't have access to like having a digital profile are completely unable to access a system like that and there's nobody that really cares about necessarily allowing them to, that to be more accessible mm-hmm. and so a lot of the work done on the other side of software right that's like the dark side of software so it's nice to remember that even if it's hard or whatever like the other side of software that is trying to help bring people in and make it accessible i think is an important thing in the long run yeah why are we allowing like for profit entities why are we allowing them to like shape the way that we have like discourse and communication as like a human race? Like what the hell is wrong with us? That's a good question. Well, that's depressing. Mm-hmm. Too many different end goals in mind for people. Just, Say more about that. I, just, just, <laughs> I think that in general creates conflict. Pride in the one thing that like in your own community can can really spill over into, you know, you see it in programming languages constantly, like PHP, stupid. (laughs) Really, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't have to push against that other community or anything like that, but you see it a lot. And I think it comes out of pride in your own community. And I pick PHP because it's easy to pick on in that case, because I hear it from a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, yes. (laughs) So, so if your goal is to, build the community and grow the community around Erlang or Elixir or whatever, your goals can in some ways be in contrast to somebody who's trying to build a community around Go, right? Because you want more people to join your community to keep it going and growing. And they want more people to join their community. And a lot of times you can't, you only have, every person only has so much time and effort to put into being in part of a community. So you have to pick mm-hmm. and choose. So if you want to grow your community, you're trying to set yourself out from others. And I think that leads to automatic different end goals. That's just one example. But 
that even goes down to within the community. If you have multiple pieces of software that serve similar or the same purposes, but do different do it in different ways with different choices, you get people who stand on each side of the issue trying to grow their community and saying, hey, mine's better, mine's better, mine's better. And that leads to the same kind of issues internally in a community. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it's it's a good thing to have that kind of competition and discussion. It's just how that discussion goes about. And it can end up hurting people or just, I don't know, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought, but just those, those kind of different goals lead to to conflict. Mm-hmm. And that conflict doesn't have to be violent. It doesn't have to be violent verbally either. But it, it could, just the fact that you're trying to get people to choose one thing over another leads to some level of conflict. It doesn't, I mean, yes, but it doesn't have to be conflict, right? Like, and on one hand, it is good to have options within the community. Absolutely. Have, like things that you could take and things that work better for you. It just, I think remembering the intention behind why you're doing the thing and who it's for. And like, that's the hard part is creating, we, we say inclus- inclusion, but it's actually a really hard thing to do, right? Invite people into a community, have them feel welcome, and then allow them, allow differing opinions <laughs> and things to exist, to coexist, right? Mm-hmm. It's a really hard thing to achieve, right? Without one force trying to like take over and say, no, this is the way things are done. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a right way to do it, but it's, and it's a really hard thing to actually be able to do. I don't know. Conflict might be a bad word, but I think anytime you have more than one choice, there's there's conflict there. It doesn't again doesn't need to be violent. Only have one one. Choice? I would rather have multiple, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying I think that that's part of what leads to some of the issues. In, I don't think the conflict in, is bad. I don't think the conversation yeah. is bad. Right. I think it's the right. way that it's had that that's really what makes the difference. Yeah. It's also just easy to punch up. So, you know, it's easy to to look at whoever the quote unquote de facto winner is and then, I don't know, like have some podcast that like constantly like derides it for sort of no good reason. That would be the equivalent, right? Without just making like baseless claims or whatever or like punching up against like whoever the winner is. Like no one's rooting for you if you've won. Right. Or the people who root for you end up being sort of zealots and then you run out of you run out of room to to have like a nuanced interesting opinion. Well, it's easy to have the the conversation go to things that are that are more angry is not the right word, but that aren't as as kind. They're personal. Yeah, they and I mean, and you don't even mean to like you invest yourself into some community. Uh, let's say it's around. I don't know. I'm not going to pick something because I'm a, I don't want to bring that context in of what these communities feel. So product A, I've invested my time into this open source project. Project B is the equivalent but different choices. And I want to tell people why I like project A. And then somebody from project B comes in and says, well, we've got this other way of looking at it. And as that back and forth goes, sometimes it's easy for it to become more emotional Mm-hmm. Or for you to say, well, I, I don't like that choice. And it starts out very benign. Maybe, oh, well, I prefer this over that. But as more and more people get involved, it it can degrade very quickly, even with the best of intentions on both sides. So it's it's got to be a conscious effort. Yeah, and it takes energy. Like Chris was saying, just being there in it sometimes is draining, right? Mm-hmm. Let alone moderating the conversation right. in a way that is productive rather than uh, hurtful. Right. Mm-hmm feel like this has been deep conversations yeah. I, just wanted, I just wanted to talk about error handling <laughs> well we've 
That's going to be the next We've got minutes left. Oh, my gosh. We have a few minutes. I have a hard out, as they say. Yeah, me too. I show biz. I got got a really busy day today, and then somebody just invited me over to they are having a co-working deck party, I think. Let Let me see exactly what was said. Oh, cool. Fun. That's fun. Yeah, I've never heard of that. A party? No. A deck party. Like a but a co working one. I was like it's Jennifer Wadala. She runs uh Casey Women in Tech. Co working deck day. That's what she said. Cool. So Fine. I, I have a couple meetings this afternoon, but I, I'm gonna try to stop by there during the middle of the day. Meet some people because again like Chris, I moved and I don't know enough people. I love people. You don't people. have any friends. Yeah, I, I have a couple. Well, I have friends. I don't know if they consider me their friend, but <laughs> I try real hard. Well, this was fun, y'all. Yeah. It's nice to have the whole gang together. Yeah. I know. Interesting conversations. So well, I, I will talk to you all. I, oh, I just wanted to, to plug a few things really quick yeah. for other people because I thought it was pretty awesome. Martin Gosby reached out to me. He's working on Code Elixir London. And, or is that what it is? Code Elixir? Code Beam? Code Beam Light. London? Yeah. Code Yeah, I, think I don't it's know. Called Code, I don't think it's called that anymore. Yeah, though. it changed, so I, I can't remember. Man, now I feel terrible. I can't plug it as well. But if you want to go, you can get a discount by putting in Elixir Outlaws as the uh, discount code. Cool. So, nice. so that's pretty cool. I think I can, I can stop plugging right there because I forget everything else. Oh, and it's Elixir Outlaws, all one word, capital E, capital O. But that should be pretty cool. Then we'll all be at Gig City. Still, still, and elixir, conf. and elixir conf, and Lizzie river conf. Yeah, and if uh, yeah. if you're upset about the lack of pimento cheese at elixir conf for the food, we are hoping to have some pimento cheese at lazy river conf. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you don't want to miss and that. And maybe we'll get Chris to bring some dukes with him since you can't get it anywhere else. Yeah, well, that'll definitely happen <laughs> if, if it needs to happen. I'll make it happen. And it probably needs to happen. And it needs to happen. Kevin. We have some special swag, so find us. Yep. yep. And also, if you're uh, one of our patrons, you should expect a fun like package here soon because I'm sending out all the others, the the fun stuff that we've got. Oh, I I still nice. made up for everyone. I showed Juliet that extra fun stuff, and she was upset that she didn't already have one. Yeah, you're, you're and, able to just get one to your house. And I said I still don't have one. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to say, I was giving everybody a chance to make sure all their address information was there. And then, yeah, send it out. Awesome. So, should be fun. Cool. Thank you all. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.